got to go quickly. It's a draw. It's a draw. And then she gets it back. Oh, you're kidding me. And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the unthinkable. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an episode of the Inner Circle podcast. Sherelle McMahon with you. And Bianca Chatfield still sunning herself up in Queensland. How are you, Bea? I don't look very tan, do I, considering that I am up in the sunshine state. Um, do you know what, Sherelle, it poured raining yesterday all day, so I thought every Victorian would be just thinking what a great <laughs> moment that is up in Queensland. Well, that is a great moment, particularly because <laughs> yesterday uh, was a particularly lovely day here in Melbourne, so that contrast <laughs> makes it even better that you're sitting up in the rain, I've got to say, B. Uh, oh, but here we are, we're in grand final week, how exciting. Um, obviously, we want to chat about quite a few things and what we're going to do for today's episode is chat to both sides of that grand final. So we'll chat to uh, Kate Maloney from the Melbourne Vixens and we've also got Jess Anstis joining us from the West Coast Fever. So it'll be nice, B, to jump into uh, both of the camps to see how they're all feeling before the big game. Yeah, exactly, because that's what I think it's the most important part is actually hearing about their preparation, knowing what this week means to them, but also what it, what it's like up here because it's not like any usual grand final that we've got to play in and that we've had all of our family and friends around us and everyone's celebrating. And, I mean, not having any ticket requests is probably pretty handy as well at this time. Yeah, um, that is good. That was always so painful. <laughs> wasn't it? But oh, I'm the worst I'm, part I'm, about playing in a grand final. <laughs> hundred percent it is. Uh, anyway, I think it's going to be a big game. But what about the preliminary final? Fever just absolutely dominated in that game. And, and I know going into it, Fever were the favourites, but I just thought Lightning would find some way to win that um, or at least be close in that. But, yeah, Fever were damaging all over the court. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Fever, when you look at their record and history across the season, they have got that, um, ability to start really well and then for them they have always been looking at finding ways to finish off a game and they did that pretty much really well I mean I think kind of at the end when the game was really over that changed a little bit but really they were able to push on for that whole game so they would be really really happy with that and I, I agree with you about Lightning I, I was it was an interesting one for me because I just always had in the back of my head like Lightning have been in all these grand finals for the past few years uh, and they just have that real experience and those players on court who know how to play in those big games. So I really did, I agree with you, I, I wondered whether they would really fire and, and turn it on in that game, but they just weren't able to go with Fever. No, they weren't. And the one thing that stood out for me was at halftime when I interviewed Steph Wood, and she commented about the physicality, commented about the umpires and, you know, the people hanging on. And I just, in that moment, you could really tell that they were just really defeated, like just the way they were trying to take on the game as well. It was, they were on the back foot. And whether FIBA were overly physical and all of that, it is what it is on game day and especially during the game. Um, I loved her honesty, but yeah, I was like, come on, like at least believe that you can do it. I just felt like they lost a whole lot of belief. and um, Yeah, they were too much focused on the umpires and what the umpires could, how that, they could help them rather than on actually what they could do themselves. Yeah, it's a, and it's an interesting one too. Obviously, um, these teams that have made it through to the grand final, um, the Melbourne Vixens are the ones that have, have had the longest time up in the hub 
with the quarantine period at the beginning, obviously fever came over. They've been away from uh, their home state for a long time. Um, yeah, and I, again, I just thought the Lightning were going to be able to take that little bit of a step up, but they they weren't able to. Um, and we've seen it. We saw it in, in one of the AFL matches where Collingwood were trying to go with uh, Geelong last weekend and Not you could very see well. them trying trying to step up and but it was almost like the season that had been had caught up with them and I wonder whether maybe there was an element of that for Lightning because although they were in their home state that probably brought with it its own sets of pressure um, and different things that they had to cope with and deal with as well. Yeah no doubt but I think when I look at the whole season, I think the two best teams, the two strongest teams are the ones that have got through to the grand final. I mean, you look at the stats and they dominate most of the stats, Fever and Vixen. So I think that it's, I think it's going to be great because it's very hard to find how each team are going to take the game on, how they're going to play the game. I'm not going to ask you what's going to go on, but what I, <laughs> I, I just love that both teams have such a huge amount of strength. I think Vixens have the versatility where they can do a whole lot of other things. Obviously, we know Fever have Fowler, and that's a huge part of their game. But I reckon in that um, prelim final, we saw Fever just playing a bit more of a patient game, which they haven't actually done all year. They like the speed. So I think they're trying as much as they can to try and have another go-to if they need it. So I can't wait. It's going to be super exciting. Yeah, and they were they were talking before the game about their that unpredictability that they wanted to try and bring into their game, which is difficult when you've got such a great target and great scoring avenue through Janelle Fowler. But you're right, they kind of did tweak a few things. So that was really interesting to see. And um, I think you do have to be... This is the thing, when you play against a team uh, that has such a great player like Janelle Fowler uh, in it, you need to be careful that all your focus doesn't go on to her because the reality is that they've got those other players that are standing up really well too. And um, if you're waiting, obviously, we always say this, if you're waiting to try and get the ball off Janelle when the ball's going to her, it's kind of a bit too late. The pressure has to happen far earlier than that. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting one. And what I loved is Emma Kosh as well. How great to see her uh, come up with that MVP performance. Um, obviously, the Fever had that devastating loss with Ingrid Collier coming out with that major knee injury. But I just think it re- the, the teams that are able to cover those losses to their starting seven players, and we've seen that from the Vixens as well, um, but... The teams that can do that, I really think it is a pointer to their culture and their ability to to include those new players and make them feel like they can step on. And and she's actually changed their attacking structure quite a bit. So for her to be able to come on and just play her game confidently and be given almost the permission to do that, it's great to see. Yeah, it is. And I, I really like also just the connections that they have with each other. Um, there was just a huge amount of support. Uh, I, Alice Teague, Neil and Emma Kosh, I believe, are quite close off the court. And so on the court, you can kind of see that. Like, you can see that they just have each other's back no matter what's happening. And I think when back in the semi when um, the Swifts played Fever, I think that was a big thing. The Swifts defenders almost went straight to Fowler. They didn't really give Alice too much attention. And the same with Kosh. They let her run wild. And that's what brought them back into the game was because Alice... And uh, Emma Kosh could actually work the ball down and help and get, even if they gave it to Fowler in the end, they still got it down there. 
Um, so, yeah, I think that's certainly one to watch. Um, how's your preparation yeah. been, Sherelle, as an assistant coach <laughs> at home? What have you been doing? A remote assistant coach. Well, I mean, it's been a long period of time, hasn't it, between our last game uh, in this season. So, you know, I've been in touch with the coaches a little. It's really not changed. I've been in coach with, uh, touch with the coaches a little bit, um, chatting with some of the players uh, across the week, and um, that will continue as well. Uh, done a little preview video for the girls, a little bit of breaking down what the Fever are doing and what they should be looking for out on court. So um, my week hasn't been too different. I um, am getting very nervous, so I'm getting a bit twitchy. So I'm, you know, I'm trying just to breathe that out because, you know, from a distance, there's not a whole heap I can do when we get there. So I'm trying to get that all done before we actually reach um, reach the end point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's super exciting up here too. I think just when you see both teams are actually staying in Brisbane, whereas all the other teams that have been here have been either have been on the sunny coast. So the, the players are sort of seeing each other around occasionally, but you see them in the street and you just like get so excited because it's such a great time <laughs> to be a part of a game like this. Um, and yeah, no doubt they're hanging for Sunday. Well, that's the players too. What What is the atmosphere like? Because you alluded to it before. This is a grand final that we've never experienced before. Usually when you win through to the grand final in the first semi, you get the benefit of hosting that grand final and all the fun and all the interest and all the excitement that goes around that. Is, is there any of that building in <laughs> Brisbane or is it not really happening because it's neither of the Queensland teams there? Oh, look, there is a little bit. It's not, I mean, I'm so in the, obviously, netball world that we're, we're right into it, but I'm not yeah. reading a lot of media about it. Um, and But the girls are, both the Fever girls and the Vixens girls, they are doing a lot of media back home, which is great. It's great mm. that both uh, cities are getting behind them. Um, so I think it'll, I think on game day, I don't know how the tickets are selling. I don't know if it'll be a sellout crowd. Obviously not having Sunshine Coast Lightning or Firebirds in the game does make it a big difference. Um, but I know the Vixens girls were given about 100 tickets and apparently they're all gone. So they do have yep. some support around the team that are coming to the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think everyone will get around it um, once it actually happens. Um, but, yeah, it's just a bit different up here. But how good for Fever, though? The first time ever they've never had to travel. Yes. That, I think, yes. adds... I don't know if we've spoken about it a lot, but I just think it adds a whole nother layer to what they've been able to do this year without having to fly home all the time. Um, I really think that's been quite helpful for them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And this is the thing about the hub, isn't it? You know, like, I think there's certainly been probably overwhelmingly challenges and, and things that have gone on that have been really tough, but there there's some silver linings and that, that's a, a massive silver lining for Fever. And isn't it interesting in that year that they haven't had to do that travel that they've got all the way through? It is, you know, they have across the season got stronger, um, whereas maybe in a normal season with that, that travel, would maybe that that starts to affect your yeah. ability to continue performing so yeah that is that is a huge one that is for sure <laughs> and then we've seen some different signings going on as well like Kimmy Rav going back to the Firebirds. Uh, I should say a proper name, Kim Revillian, going back to the Firebirds. <laughs> it's That's a massive um, one. It's a massive get for the Firebirds. It's huge for her. She's been training so hard 
since she gave birth to little Georgie and she, you, you knew she wanted to come back and play. I'm just, um, I'm really happy for her that she's going home to where she played so well, where she made her Diamonds debut all out of that Firebirds team. And I think it's really great that she's going home. And I loved hearing her partner, Adam Trelaw, talking about it and saying, hey, it's not about me and footy. It's about her and all the work <laughs> she's done and coming back and the sacrificing her body from having our little girl, and then now she's got herself back. So I think that is a huge signing for the Firebirds. Yeah, massive. And it was so interesting because, it, you know, it didn't um, get announced in the way that I don't. I think they would have liked because it got leaked out. And, uh, you know, then all the pressure went on to Adam Trelaw as to where is he going to move up to Brisbane? He's going to be changing clubs from Collingwood. And there was actually created a lot of discussion on the footy shows, let me tell you, which was quite interesting to see. Um but yeah, and you're right. If any, if you haven't followed Kim Revelian, Revelian in um, on Instagram, you need to. She has done an incredible job. She's super fit. She's always been a great athlete, so she looks like she's absolutely ready to hit that court again, which is super impressive. The other good news coming out of the Firebirds is that they've re-signed their defensive trio in Kim Jenner, Tara Hinchliffe, and. Rudy Ellis, which is, I think that's a massive one for them. Um, I'm really, I mean, I know it's only for that one year extension at the moment, but I just think that that's a really exciting uh, combination. And I think Rudy, who has come from the Melbourne Vixens um, program and system, uh, she she adds just something quite different for them. And I, and I really like that change up when she gets thrown on there. But Hinchliffe and Jenna... They are just, I reckon, they're just going to be one of those iconic Australian netball duos. I just feel like they're building something really special and um, they're, they're really tough to play against. So that there's some really, really positive, great signings for the Firebirds. You're right. And on um, Jenna and Hinchcliffe, I think what they've done, last year we saw them kind of starting out, really. There was a lot of penalties that they would get the way they played. This season we've seen them actually be able to get more ball and less penalties and their combination is really building and their understanding is really building. So, I mean, we've seen Kim Jenna be put into the Australian squad after her performances this year. But, yeah, I agree with you. I really love watching them. And then Rudy Ellis and her height that she offers into that defensive end... They're going to be pretty powerful. I wonder who's going to coach them, yeah. Cheryl. Oh, I know. That will be interesting. And and that's a that's a great... I mean, they're doing all these signings without a coach in place. So that's really uh, great <laughs> to see. And they had so many of their players named into that development squad um, for the Australian Diamonds. So that was that's a really exciting... I just think that we saw that's great reward for the work that they were doing across the season. The other one, and I know that... Uh, Kath Cox will be very excited about this one. We get to see Georgie Horgis running around again <laughs> for the Thunderbirds. They've just announced that they have re-signed uh, her, which is fantastic news because, I mean, you know, we have spoken a lot in this podcast, Bianca, about um, just some of those particular... I mean, we seem to have a lot of goal attacks and young goal attacks coming through, and she's certainly been one that has been um, fantastic to watch this season. So good signing for the Thunderbirds as well. I wonder how many people and teams were after Georgie Horges after seeing her dominate the super shot. Do we know if the super shot is definitely in next year? Because that really does change how teams recruit, I think. <laughs> like, do you well, know actually, as a club? A real, yeah, that's a good point. No, no, there's been no official announcements either way. And I know that what they were saying is that um, there's going to be some certainty around that. Um, so that during the um, the contracting period, you could take those things into account, like 
what is actually going to be happening out on court when you play this game. That'd be nice. Uh, so um, I don't think that we've got um, any official word on that yet. I think they're still collating all the um, the data from the questions they threw wow. out. So we'll see, I think that is massive. see what comes back. You need to know the teams, you know, all took it and had to run with it this year, but you would surely need to know that it's 100% lock or not next year before you're recruiting your team because someone like a Georgie Horges is a massive signing because you know she can shoot the super shot. Same with Tipper Dwan for the Firebirds. You know she can shoot it. So she becomes a bigger asset when the super shot is in play. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the, I, we're going to jump into our guests very soon because I'm really excited to talk uh, to them. But I just did want to mention that um, RSN, the Breakfast Club on RSN, which I'm on on a Wednesday morning, um, a radio program down here in Melbourne, um, they actually caught up with the Melbourne Vixens super coach, Simone McInnes, earlier this morning. And she had some interesting <laughs> things to say, V. Let's have a listen. We had a team dinner on Monday night in Bianca Chatfield. Um, our former captain came and spoke to the group and, um, you know, she spoke about her experience in finals and about not overthinking it before you get to the game. But I think we've done a really good job the whole time we've been away in living here as if we were at home. So there you have it. They've called in the big guns. You've been, you've been in the inner circle of the Vixens. What was it like chatting to them and having dinner with them? I thought that was a secret little dinner that we had. Um, no. Uh, Simone reached out to Chloe Watson or Chloe Tippett and I and said, we don't have any family and friends up here. We want to, you're part of the Vixens family. We'd love you to come to dinner um, on Monday night with the team and all the staff. And so, yeah, it was really lovely to just feel like you're a little bit of a part of it. Um, it feels like a lifetime ago since we won our last premiership in 2014 with the club and, um, yeah, I don't know about guest speaker, but I was, I did definitely had a chat to the girls about just what it means to be in a grand final. And Shaz, I spoke about that grand final in 2000. I know it seems like a lifetime ago and half of them probably weren't even born, but yeah, that game in 2000, I was just this young little kid playing in my first one. And all I remember is as a team, you all just had it all under control. Like you would just have this calmness about you. And anybody that just fitted into the lineup, you're all like, you'll be right. We've got your back. On you go. Like, it was never like a big fuss about this is going to be the biggest game ever. It was just go on and get it done. And no matter what happens, we've got your back. So that's what we were, I spoke about, just how that feeling that we've always had in Melbourne. Um, I think that's been pretty important. I think that's how it's helped us so much over the years when um, the grand finals that we have. Yeah, and it's great to hear that they've been able to have you and, as you said, Chloe, tip it there um, as part of that Vixens family because they've, they have been really missing that connection with their family and loved ones. So that's really lovely that they were able to do that. And they've just announced and had printed onto their dresses uh, a bit of a special campaign, doing it for Vic. Um, and I know a lot of them are talking about, and they often mention that they are aware of how hard it is down here in Melbourne and in Victoria. And so they're really keen to... Uh, you know, to, to wear that proudly and, and do the best for them. I would kind of like them to make sure they're focusing on just, you know, them. We don't want to, them to be carrying the whole sh weight of the state on their shoulders. But I just think that that's a great campaign because, um, you know, we, it is nice to have um, some really positive things happening uh, down here, something great to watch. Hopefully Dan Andrews doesn't have his press conference <laughs> right at the time 
we've got the netball on because that has happened uh, this season. So when there's a bit of a social media campaign going, he never on, replied Dan. to my tweet, Sherelle. He never replied to my no. tweet. I don't think he's replied to anyone's tweets. <laughs> I don't even I think, think he's he... just pretending that's not even happening. <laughs> and I know it's not the biggest issue going on in the world right now, but it would just, you know, we've seen the last few Sundays the press conference on at 11 o'clock, so that would just be much nicer for all the netball fans if they can watch the press conference at 11 and then tune into the netball at 1. Uh, yeah, I think it's... You all need some excitement in your life down there in Victoria and let's hope the Melbourne Vixens can provide that for you. <laughs> Ah, oh, yes, absolutely. You know who will provide us some excitement. No doubt it's Kate Maloney, the co-captain of the Melbourne Vixen. She's going to join us just after this. Well, welcome back to the Inner Circle podcast. As I mentioned, we are very, very excited to be going inside the Melbourne Vixens camp in this grand final week. It is the Vixens co-captain, Kate Maloney, joining us. Hi, Kate. Hey, Seth. Hey, B. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, it's very exciting to have you on, Kate, um, as the leader of this Melbourne Vixens team. Tell us, what's the feeling in the group at the moment? It's really just excitement. Um, you know, the build-up around this whole week, and we're just getting closer and closer now. We have our main session uh, this afternoon, and then I think it's just going to absolutely fly by from them. But it really is just excitement. We can't wait to get out on court. Well, you talk about that main session, Kate. Tell us, you know, this has been a little bit different, as it always is, with the two-week break, but particularly so this season. What have you been doing? How have you been keeping your bodies and your minds engaged through that little bit of a longer period? Yeah, it has been a little bit different. We had the weekend off, obviously, last week and tried to keep it as normal as possible. So we did a format simulation as if we were playing a game last week and then Simone was kind enough to give us the weekend off, so we actually got to switch off a little bit over the weekend. And come Monday this week, it was just back to business and uh, everything was as normal. But today's session will be our main session and um, then it'll yeah, get a bit lighter as the weekend goes. Kate, I'm going to go straight to the hard-hitting questions. No easy ones from me today. Um, <laughs> I want to know... How is Kate Eddy? We know that she was, like, during your semi-final, she was in a moon boot, she was on crutches. Has she been able to train? Has she been playing in the practice matches? Yeah, I'm really positive about Kate. Um, we'll give her absolutely every opportunity to play this weekend. And as I said before, we've got our main session, so she'll train today, and then it'll just be about how she pulls up and recovers from that. But I'm really positive that um, she'll play on the weekend. Okay. Are you going to give us? Go. Pers- Is there any percentage? Are you like eighty percent sure? Are you ninety percent sure? <laughs> well, she told me a hundred percent. So I don't okay. know if oh, the the same, but she told me a hundred percent. So I'm going to go with that. And okay, I want to know the a change that's happened this year for the Vixens. I mean, the hub and all of that. But you changed the dynamics of the leadership group. You now have. Your mate, but also another great player in Liz Watson joining you in the captaincy role. How have you gone about, you know, separating the different roles that you have to do and working together? Because I think the last co-captains were Sherelle and I back in the day. And, you know, we did have a huge amount of conversations about how we were going to split it up and what roles we would play. How have you and Lizzie done it? Well, we've got big shoes to fill then. Um, but, no, it's actually been really smooth. I think... Being in this environment where um, I suppose we're together 24-7, it's been great 
to have Lizzie, um, I suppose, as, with, as the co-captain with me. But we probably haven't had conversations as much about who's doing what. It's probably... Um, we probably both lead in very different ways and it, we probably... Our strengths probably come naturally to us and they're sort of the things that we lean towards more. So I think it hasn't been as much a conversation as to who's doing what, but, um, yeah, I suppose just stepping up in those areas where you feel comfortable and you think your strengths are. And um, I think that's worked really well for us both on and off the court this year. Kate, another change in that leadership group just along that same lines is that Emily Mannix has stepped up into the vice-captaincy role and I've loved watching her move into that role. How do you think that she has gone? Often we see her as a bit of a joker. How, how has she approached that new role? Has she just continued on that same path? Has she changed a bit? What, how is she approaching it? Yeah, look, she has a little bit, but I think every team needs the, the joker and that's what we love about Emily and that's who she is. She loves to have a bit of fun and uh, I think she relaxes everyone in that sense as well as she's pretty chilled out before a game and um, she'll tell a few jokes, but I think she's really stepped up in that position both on and off the court um, and, yeah, I've loved seeing her do that and I think just performances like she put out in our first final against Lightning, um, she's just been great this season and hopefully she can have another big game again against Fowler. Kate, I also want to get the insight into one of your assistant coaches in Cheryl McMahon. Um, we know she is sitting on the couch in Melbourne watching a lot of the games. You know, what has she been doing for the team behind the scenes? How often does she pop up on your Zoom calls? And is she harassing you all while you're up there? Oh, we're missing having Shaz here so much. We wish that um, she was in prison with us. But, um, yeah, I think Cheryl's job is to scout the oppositions at the moment. And so all of our... PA Zoom sessions, um, Shaz, Sue, Jamie, um, the three of them are on those and it's always a little bit of fun. They always put in a few jokes and things like that. But Cheryl's been great for the girls um, in terms of just being able to contact her whenever they need. And, um, yeah, so we do wish she was here, but doing a great job from Melbourne. Oh, I hope she's, yeah, I hope I she says I more than to. just a few jokes. I hope it's, a, you know, some actually tactics and some things. <laughs> I haven't I watched this week's PA session yet, Sherelle, so you never know. I'll have to wait and see Bianca and get back to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, B, we've, we've tried to keep it reasonably straight down the line because sometimes it can get lost on a record. It's a recording. That's what we do. So we record <laughs> it so the girls can watch it at a different time. We have tried some jokes in the past, but... Possibly they fell a bit flat and we, we just thought we might not go there. Let's just keep them pretty straight down the line. Oh, God. Hey, Kate, um, the prelim obviously was on the weekend. It was a super performance by the Fever, you've got to say, right from the beginning of the game. Tell us, did you watch it? Um, did you watch it together? How did that play out for you guys and what did you think? Yeah, we did. We all watched it. Um, living in apartments like we are in Brisbane, the rooms aren't overly big, so it was sort of more in little groups. And there was about six or, six or seven of us uh, in Lizzie and I room uh, watching that game. And I just thought that the intensity that Fever brought, the physicality, it was just finals performance right there. And um, we know that they're going to bring that again with us this weekend. And it's going to be um, on for it as soon as that first whistle goes. A bit more of a serious question for me, for a change. Um, Not like you, Bianca. <laughs> what? So, okay, you step onto that court for the first minute of the game on Sunday. 
what are you trying to do as a team? What are you actually going to do and want to hope that you do in that first minute to try and get on top of Fever? Because we know that they love winning that first quarter. When they do, they quite often go on to win the first or win the game. So what are you guys aiming to actually do? Yeah, I think it's really important to get a good start and put some scoreboard pressure on early. And I think that's all about scoring off the ball that you get, whether that's the centre pass or ball from turnover. But from a defensive point of view, uh, the defensive pressure is going to be huge for us. Um, Bringing that, we've really got to slow their mid-court down, slow the ball that's being fed in to Fowler and really give our defenders at the back opportunity to get balls. I think a key for us will be just defensive pressure from that very first whistle and just trying to score off every single ball we get, whether that's centre pass or turnover ball. And when we saw, we were talking about before actually, Steph Wood being interviewed at halftime and she was talking about the physicality and they were really, you know, discussing with the umpires what was going on. It was really getting to them. The brand and the style of play that Vixens play, how do you counteract the physicality that Fever might throw at you? Yeah, I think we saw them be a really physical game on the weekends and I think for us it's being able to withstand that. I think um, when you bring that physicality as a team, uh, if the other team is just getting on with it, ripping in balls, taking an extra step on onto the ball, hopefully the calls will come from the umpire. And um, I think that's going to be a key for us, is making sure that we are just stronger onto every ball, making sure we rip it in and not allowing any hands uh, to push any balls away. So um, I think we've been, we've been uh, really good this year. There's been some really physical games and our girls have been able to stand up nice and tall and rip the ball in. And I think if we can do that, especially early on, um, that's going to be big for us. And, Kate, there's been a lot of talk this year about your form. It's been fantastic. But also you're probably what's going to be your direct opposition, Verity Charles. She has been in in super, super form. It's been one of the, the things that has been great to watch across this season. How do you approach tackling someone like her? We all see how quickly she does want to play and how accurately she can feed that ball. What's, what's your approach when you come up against Verity? Yeah, she's been really good this year and um, that's the key for them. They like to play really fast and we, we do need to try and slow them down. And I think her connection uh, with Fowler is a really important one. So for me, it's about trying to keep her off the circle edge and if I can, actually having a crack and getting some ball out the front rather than letting it get all the way uh, down to that goal circle. But it, it really is about trying to slow her down um, and getting really good arm over pressure over her passing as well. I think if we can do that, uh, it'll give more opportunity for our defenders down the back. Yeah, OK, cool. Well, the, uh, the, I can't wait for that one. I mean, obviously I'm wearing my assistant coach's <laughs> hat, but when I'm from a distance, I can kind of watch as a bit of a fan too. So uh, that, that one will be great to watch, Kate. Hey, um, we spoke a little bit earlier before we got you on the line, um, Kate, that... You guys, of course, are up in the hub. You don't have all the family and friends around you. But you had a special guest at dinner earlier in the, in the week. Maloney, Simone dobbed me in. <laughs> B, B thought it was a secret and then suddenly Simone's announcing it live on Melbourne Radio this morning. So um, tell it, what's it, what was it like having Bianca and Chloe there and what were some of the insights that you took away that it's going to fire the team up for the weekend? <laughs> yeah, we're really lucky we had both Bianca and uh, Chloe Watson or Chloe Tippett uh, at our dinner on Monday night. And it was just really nice to have two of our Dixon's family there. And 
players to the, or um, people that are outside of the team. It was nice and refreshing to see some different faces and to hear from Bianca and her finals experiences with the Fixens and Phoenix as well. Um, I think it was great for the girls to hear. And um, But it, it really was just nice to have some different voices and faces in there because we have spent a lot of time together over these past 14 weeks. <laughs> and it was actually really good for me because I've not... Um, I've not even really met some of the really young girls like Ellie Smith and Elle McDonald, and I've just never got to spend any time with them. So from my perspective, I really enjoyed being a part of it uh, in that way. Um, okay, Maloney, what happens between now and game day? Not on the court, not training-wise. What are you going to do <laughs> just to keep yourselves entertaining stop, and so you're not thinking about it too much and getting too excited too early? Um, what do we do? We don't. I Any wish I had some time? fun things to tell you, but um, <laughs> no. Look, the weather's really nice in Brisbane at the moment, so just get out and enjoy some sunshine. Um, I don't like to admit it, but we do like to drink a little bit of coffee at the Vixen, so there'll be plenty of walks <laughs> to coffee and um, just yeah, as you said, trying to relax. Tell us what the coffee's like, uh, Kate. Well, you obviously got great cafes here in Melbourne. It, is it on par or are you struggling with the coffee quality? I'm really grateful to be here in Queensland and I am loving it, but the coffee isn't quite up to set Melbourne coffee standards. But we've been lucky enough to find a few little good spots um, that we tend to go to. And, yeah, it's one of the things... I suppose to get us out of the, these apartments, we actually on a set level 72, um, so we're up nice and high. <laughs> wow. So to actually just get out and go for a walk, enjoy some sunshine has been great. It's no yeah. freelancer cafe, wanna... is it? <laughs> no freelancer cafe. There's coffee in Melbourne. I wanted to ask you. Sorry, Kate, I'm jumping over you because we've got a bit of a delay. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you is um, one of the things you're going to have printed, it's been introduced by the Melbourne Vixens in the lead into this grand final, is the Doing It For Vic logo and campaign. Um, obviously, we all know it's been a little bit challenging down here in Melbourne as opposed to what's happening up in Queensland. What does that mean to the team to wear that on the dress for the game on the weekend? Yeah, that's been really important for us. You know, we realise how lucky we are to be here in Queensland and to be playing netball and so many people at home haven't got the opportunity to play local sport or to be doing the things that they love and um, you know every time we've hit that court Victoria's been top of mind and um, we can't wait to be able to run out on court on Sunday and represent the Vixens and our team but also the whole of Victoria and hopefully we can bring that trophy back home. Yeah, well, and regardless of what happens on the weekend, Kate, down here in Melbourne and in Victoria, we are incredibly proud of you and the entire team and we can't wait to celebrate with you when you get back down into Melbourne at some stage in the future. I don't know if you're just going to stay up in Queensland for a bit longer. Perhaps that might not be a bad idea. Uh, we just wanted to say a huge thank you for joining us this week. I know there's a lot on your mind, a lot going on, but uh, we have loved catching up with you. Um, all the best for the weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, that was Kate Maloney from the Melbourne Vixens joining us. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast, we're really thrilled to also have the West Coast Fever represented, of course. And Jess Anstis is on the line with us now. Hey, Jess, thanks for joining us. Hello. All good. Thanks for having me.
Uh, no worries at all. And, uh, you know, we've spoken to uh, Kate Maloney. We've chatted quite a bit about what this week is like in the lead into the grand final. How is the group feeling? What has training been like? What have you been up to? Yeah, I guess the group's um, pretty up and about. Um, it's a lot of people's first time in a grand final. So I think there's a few nerves going around the team. Uh, but we had a really good training session on Tuesday. So, yeah, I think the girls are up and about and ready to go. Oh, that's good. Well, you say that there's quite a few uh, who haven't been in a grand final before, but there's quite a few of you who were there a couple of years ago in the 2018 grand final. What are the sort of things that you took away from that that potentially, do, oh, well, are there some things that you might do differently in the approach to this game? Yeah, yeah, I guess um, I'm quite lucky that I did have that experience of the 2018 grand final and, um, yeah, I've changed a few things personally different to what I've done in the lead up to game day. I kind of just saw it as another game back in 2018, but I know it's uh, definitely not. It's um, a much bigger game and I've learned to embrace the whole week and um, everything that's going on around it. And um, yeah, we've definitely taken some learnings from the preparations um, from that grand final and yeah, hoping to make it um, better in this one. And you talk about the different approach. Is it something that Stacey Marinkovic, your coach, has been talking about with the group or it hasn't been mentioned and you've all just take, taken your own learnings from that last experience? How's it been approached this week? Yeah, um, no, Stacey hasn't actually yeah, mentioned about the 2018 grand final at all um, just yet, but I'm sure I think, yeah, individually each player is just taking their own approach um, towards the grand final and as a team we're just going as our business like usual pretty much so yeah I think we will be discussing it we've got another team meeting this afternoon so um, we'll be discussing the emotions and feelings and experiences um, but yeah I guess the whole focus is just on the process at the moment. Now we know both teams are playing away are there is there anyone coming from Perth all the way across to Queensland to watch you all in the grand final? Is it something that is easy? I don't think they've got to probably quarantine when they go back to WA, do they? Yeah, so yeah, unfortunately, we don't have any friends or family coming over um, just because, yeah, they can get to Queensland, but they're actually not allowed to get back into WA without a um, exemption. So apparently coming to watch the Netball Grand Final isn't an essential service, which... I disagree with, but um, yeah, so... <laughs> what? No, no, okay, yeah. I agree. I, I'm with you, Jess. That's definitely essential. But um, yeah, I guess it means that we're on a level playing field. You do have a parochial crowd over in Perth, obviously, and you're talking about your family and friends there, but there's a much broader netball community that has such great support of you girls at that level. Your crowd is amazing to be in the stadium uh, and playing in front of. Not that I've done that, but I've been there commentating your games and it, it is a, a really amazing. Um, how are you trying to bring that to life in Queensland? Is there is there something that you're doing to try and involve your fans from Perth? Yeah, so um, almost every week now, I think this club back in Perth, they've been running these watch parties where the fans are able to go and watch all together and um, members especially and the corporate functions. So we know that um, they're behind us and watching it back home um, but then also we've actually got a bit of support over here in Queensland because coach Stacey's family's all from here and I've got some family and there's a couple of yeah 
friends around. So we have got a little bit of support over here on game day, but we know that um, yeah, the crowd behind us in Perth is definitely there. Um, we just won't be able to hear them on game day. Now we asked Kate Maloney this question about your team. So we're going to ask you the question now. When you look at taking on the Vixens on Sunday, what, how do you play the game? How do you, how do Fever have to line up against the Vixens and what do you need to do well to make sure you win it? Yeah, I guess we can't necessarily just focus on one area of the court because, um, yeah, they're formidable across the whole court. So, yeah, it's just playing out individual roles and then coming together as a team. So making sure we're accountable for our own players and then um, when we can, working together as a team to try and produce um, those little wins. And, uh, yeah, I guess we just got to stick to the game plan. It's, I know it's a uh, little question, uh, average answer, but, yeah, just got to stick to the game plan and, um, that 60-minute performance will hopefully get us across the line. Yeah, well, it's all about teamwork, that's for sure, Jess. But we don't know, of course, the starting line ups yet, but some of us are predicting that perhaps you and Lizzie Watson will have that great contest on wing attack and wing defence. Liz is, you know, such a great wing attack. You know, she leads the league with her goal assists. How do you approach that from an individual perspective? Because, yes, it's about the team, but you do have a big job ahead of you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Liz is definitely one of the hardest wing attacks that I have to come up against. Like you said, she loves a goal assist. And so, yeah, my number one role is to try and keep her down with her goal assist and off the circle edge. So I love coming up against her because it is a great challenge to me to try and keep her figures low. And um, yeah, like I said before, we do like to work as a team. So it's not necessarily just on me to do that um, and we have a bit of a game plan around how we can sort that out but yeah she's an awesome athlete. <laughs> well and just there's been like this is a season like no other there's been so many challenges that have been thrown at the groups um, at different stages along the way and one of the biggest challenges for you as a group was that big injury unfortunately to Ingrid Collier and if she's listening a big shout out to her I'm sure she's throwing everything she can behind you from Perth what was there, there seemed to be a resolve though that came from that injury uh, following um, the games following that there there was a resolve in the team and and you have just grown and built what was it like and what did you speak about given that she is such an integral part of the group yeah I guess Ing is our heart and soul of the team and um, it was absolutely devastating for her to go down with that knee injury but we yeah a lot of the game post the injury we spoke about the fact that yeah we wanted to play for Inga and she would do absolutely anything to be here and we kind of drew the line in the sand around the similar time and um, since then haven't looked back but um, yeah we always get messages from Ing and um, constantly hearing from her so we know that she's still here with us in spirit and would be doing absolutely anything to be where we are so we try and all um, bring out any Ingrid and the work rate and everything that she brings to the court. From a team perspective, I, I get the fortunate position where I get to listen to you from the sidelines and hear you all talk to each other at halftime and quarter time. I hear you often say as a team, uncompromising. What does that actually mean to your group? And is that a word that stands out or it just comes out in the middle of play? <laughs> well, you've been doing your homework, that's for sure. Um, I just yeah, hear it Shannon. all the time and you all relate to it so much. And so I was just like, I wonder if that's a theme that goes through for your season. Yeah, well, like I said, when we um, drew the line in the sand about midway through the season, that was one word that 
Shannon Eglin actually came up with and it really resonated with all of us. Uh, yeah, we're just uncompromising in what we do out on court. So we go out there with and come out with no regrets. So we just do whatever it takes to play our role out on court. And if it means that we're absolutely knackered halfway through the quarter, we know that we have those rolling stubs. So, yeah, it is a word that we definitely all res- resonate with. And, um, yeah, we use it a fair bit. <laughs> Oh, and you can see, you can all see how much you do resonate with it, just as it comes out all the time. You hear it on the TV coverage. So I think that's great. Um, on a lighter note, I we talk about in the change rooms before the game. We know some players are really nervous. We know some players are really relaxed and cruisy. What's it like in the West Coast Fever change rooms? And, and where whereabouts do you sit in your preparation? Are you one of the ones that mucks around beforehand in the change rooms or are you the very focused one? Uh, yeah, no, I'm the one that bucks around in the change rooms beforehand. <laughs> I, I try not to take things too seriously. So, yeah, I'm usually pretty chilled and I'm the one when we've got the timings wrong and we've got to wait 20 minutes for the team meeting, I bring out the games and I've come up with a random game this year that gets most people entertained. So, um, yeah, Ooh, no, I definitely... It? Uh, it's it's stupid. You just put your legs straight out and we bounce the ball between each leg and you've got to try and get it along the way. But, yeah, it's it's hard to describe. You have to see it. Don't worry. I totally understand. It's the most stupid random things that you do as a team that actually are the most memorable things. Yeah. It's so true. And, states one of the other things that I've... Um, it's interesting you've made the final this year, the grand final this year, with no travel. Um, and one of the things being a Victorian athlete that we always used to get ourselves up for was the big trip over to Perth. We had to often do it just once a year. And it, it is such a significant amount of travel. And when you're going across that way from Australia and back, how significant do you think or what has the difference been for your group this year now that that travel has been taken out of your program? Yeah, it is funny you mention it because I sat and reflected on that the other week the fact that yeah we haven't had to fly too many places and it does take it out of you every second weekend having to get on that flight and um yeah go five hours across to the other side of the country so when we went to Cairns the other week we we're all like oh geez I have to actually fly somewhere so um yeah I think it has been huge in recovery especially um with the condensed games it wouldn't have been possible to have to do that flying but um yeah and I think that yeah it's one positive about being in the hub is that we are all together um a lot of the time so um we're able to build those relationships on and off the court but yeah we definitely haven't missed those flights. Have you had the same roommate the whole time that you've been here? We've got one bedroom apartment so we have our own room so it's been quite nice. Oh, that's a little bit different too from what some of the other groups have been doing. They, they've had to contend with a roommate the whole time as well. I don't know if that would be <laughs> better or worse. Has it been, what, what has hub life been like for you? What has been the best thing about it? Is there something that you've gone, you know what, this is, this is quite good? Yeah, I think it's not having any other distractions, to be honest. Um, for me personally, mm. I haven't had to work and I know there's a couple others that yeah haven't been working while we're over here we're just solely focusing on netball and yeah chilling out and having fun so it's, yeah we were <laughs> reflecting yesterday and that it's going to be sad once we leave because we can't just walk down the corridor and knock on our friend's door to see them um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's been one really positive thing I think about the hub and yeah the fact that we've all been able to be around each other and um, yeah have this time 
I'm guessing it hasn't all been sunshine and roses though, or has it? Maybe it has. Is there, what, what's been the most challenging thing? Yeah, I guess, like I said, we're pretty lucky that we do have our own room. So if you don't want to hang out with people or yeah, see friends, you can literally just come and sit in your room and watch some Netflix. But probably the most challenging part has been being away from friends and family, which would be the same as what any other team feeling. And you spoke before, Jess, about a bit of a, a turning point for the group, which was when uh, you had that injury with Ingrid Collier. But another kind of point that happened around a similar time was that Stacey Marinkovic was announced as the Australian Diamonds coach. And that's a significant one for her individually, such great news, um, but also for the group. And, and again, it kind of felt like um, you all got behind her in a way too. Yeah, it was huge. And um, we know that Stacey always, um, like her goal is to be the best of the best. And so we did want to get behind her and show that, yeah, we supported everything that she wanted to do. And she's been great in that, yeah, her focus while she's with us is 100% with fever. And um, we know that she's a very busy lady now at the moment working two jobs. But yeah, when she's with fever, she's with fever 100%. And um, there hasn't been any distractions. So yeah, we were just all absolutely stoked for her. And, yeah, the game in particular that she was announced coach, I know that we went out there with the extra fire in our belly to prove the point that, yeah, she deserved the role. Yeah, and I guess that that's one of the questions too around how she is going to juggle those two really significant jobs, particularly at this time when uh, she's planning for an Aussie Diamonds uh, camp that's coming up very shortly, the announcement of that group, you taking you girls into that grand final. There's so much on her plate, so she's already doing that incredibly well. And just to finish, Jess, a huge congratulations to you um, on that announcement into the Australian Diamonds squad. You must be really, really excited about that. And that's really well deserved after such a great season. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am um, really excited to get into the camp postseason. But yeah, getting the phone call from Stacey was a bit different. I didn't really, I wasn't expecting it at all because I wasn't sure when the announcements were happening. So when it came from her, um, yeah, it was a nice surprise. She didn't just come knocking, come walking down the hallway and knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she called me and I missed the call. I was like, oh, that's weird that Stacey's calling me before training. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I don't want to talk about fever stuff now. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, I'll see you in like five minutes. You can wait. <laughs> now let's put just fever grand final to the side. When you talk about the diamonds, um, we know that there is a camp, something happening um, up in Noosa in the next week or so. Can you just give us a little insight in what you're up to? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, we're heading up to Noosa <laughs> on the Wednesday after grand final. And I believe it's more of a social and team building, getting to know each other kind of camp. Um, there was talk of there being fitness testing, but I'm pretty sure that's been shut down quite quickly, Ouch. which is nice. No. Yeah. Oh, that would have been um, really rude. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, going knocking on Stacey's door saying, what is this? <laughs> great idea. That's when it's great having it in with the coach. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jess, it has been really fantastic to, to catch up with you and get that insight into how the group's going, how you're feeling and everything that has gone on this season. Um, of course, I'm wearing my Melbourne Vixens assistant coach hat, so I will wish you all the very, very best for a fantastic game, nonetheless. Um, I can't wait for the contest. I, I really do believe it's the two best teams that have made it through to the grand final this year, and I hope that...
that everyone plays at their best um, and that we get a great game. So all, all the best for the game, Jess, on Sunday. Uh, thank you. I can imagine it wouldn't be easy to hand that to the opposition, but um, I appreciate it. Well, there you go. We've come to the end of the grand final edition of the Inner Circle podcast, Bianca. Our guests today were fantastic, Kate Maloney and Jess Anstis. Thank you to you both for jumping in and giving us that insight. Um, and Bianca, it is uh, a little bit unprecedented for the Inner Circle podcast. This has been uh, recorded across two days. It's a big grand final. We wanted to make sure it fitted in for everyone so that we could get both teams. And we spoke earlier before we chatted to Kate about crossing our fingers down here in Melbourne that Dan Andrews would listen to your tweet directly to him and make sure that he did not put the presser on at the same time as the grand final. And uh, he was asked that directly in uh, his presser today. I know. Isn't that incredible? I just love the fact, and by the way, it wasn't just my tweet. I know there has been so much going on behind the scenes from every single angle you could possibly imagine. And Neville Victoria, they've sent him a scarf. They've been trying to do all of that to make sure that he was at least aware that the netball was happening. We know there's much, ma many more major things going on in Victoria right now, but great that he acknowledged that the netball is on on Sunday, that he knows it's important to Melbournians to be able to get behind the Melbourne Vixens. And he did say that he will try his hardest to make sure the press conference is finished by grand final time. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. See, come on Melbourne, getting behind the Vixens and no doubt it's gonna be a a bit of joy, I think, for all the Netty fans and sports fans in Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. Something for us to look forward to, that's for sure. And uh, B, it's been great. The other person, uh, Joe Pignataro, who is with us the whole way, our producer is pushing the buttons. He's fantastic. Yes, so we've got him we've got him working hard across this. So he's fantastic, as are our listeners, B. We've had thousands of people listening to this podcast every week and uh, we really appreciate your support. Every every tweet that you send to us, every share, every recommendation is super, super appreciated. Um, and I guess, I don't know, are we back for a post-grand final potty next week, B? We haven't even discussed that. I don't know. I'm happy to do it, Shaz. If you want to do it, I can Mate, do it. Why not? Why not? We'll jump why back not? in and hopefully get back into uh, the the camp of the winners, the premiers of the Suncourt Super Netball for 2020. We'll be finding that out on Sunday. B, we'll chat to you again soon. Happy calling on the sidelines on the weekend. Cheryl, this could be a dumb question, but how much are the Vixens <laughs> going to win by? Oh, I don't, wanna, I don't want to ask you your tip because I'm a big rapper. But how much going to win by? What's what's your tip on that? As long as it's one, I'm happy. As long oh. as it's as long as it's on against McMahon, that is what it is. When it comes I think to it's it. going to be tight. No, honestly, I think it's going to be tight, and I think it's going to be only a couple of goals. And of course, my prediction is that for it to be the Vixens, but yeah, only a couple of goals. I think it's going to be a really tough one. What about you, B? Yeah, my my head and my heart both say the Vixens. Um, I think it's going to they're going to win by. Four or five, and I think it's definitely going to happen in that last quarter. It's going to be a really tight game, and who knows? We might get to see extra time for the first time this season. Um, we could do, which would be interesting given if it's double extra time that there's a three-goal margin. So it'll be something that we've never seen before, that's for sure. And the super shot is in play for the whole of extra time and sudden death extra time. So <laughs> whew, that's exciting. Well, it is. I, I don't know that my heart could um, cope with that on the couch back here in Melbourne being hey, away from the team, but we'll you see. You've made what, us watch what? you do it plenty of times <laughs> as a player, and we've all had to sit back and watch that 
play out. So about time you got to have to sit there and do it. <laughs> oh, B, that's not fair. Throw me under the bus like that. But you're right. You're right. Uh, we have done that in the past. Hey, B, great to chat again as always. And we'll see you next week uh, for the wrap-up edition of the Inner Circle Podcast.